covering the 10 biggest and most common retirement planning mistakes and offering tips to avoid them. All that and more starting right now. And now, Retire Right Radio with Paul Roberts. One thing we want to make sure we avoid greatly, and that's mistakes in our retirement journey. That's how we're opening the show. It's Retire Right Radio. I'm Dave Perkins uh, with Weston Lindemann, who is part of the team of all-star advisors at Roberts Wealth Management. Roberts Wealth Management, a growing firm, maintaining that mom and and pop feel and that that personal touch and that custom approach and their retirement planning. Weston, great to be with you again. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me back. I like what how you're opening the show here because, I mean, the one thing we want to avoid in retirement planning, really in anything in life, is making mistakes. So uh, we've got some uh, mistakes that we're covering here and things that we need to avoid. And I think we've gotten a, a, a greater than gentle reminder of inflation and the impact of inflation uh, to avoid that. I mean, how, how do we make sure that we don't underestimate the impact of inflation? Well, I think a good place to start is, uh, do you believe your experience personally or what politicians on TV will tell you sometimes, <laughs> right? Because right. just take earlier this year, for example, see inflation kind of goes hand in hand with things like the social security cost of living adjustment. And so, of course, earlier this this past year, actually, see, and now I forgot I'm in 2024, but <laughs> ju- just this past year, uh, the, the Biden White House announced that they gave the gift of the highest cost of living adjustment. Uh, ever to taxpayers. It was about 8.7%. And uh, they forgot to mention, of course, that that is as a result of higher inflation. So, you know, when it comes to inflation and underestimating the impact of it, that's a lot easier to do these days. Although we're accustomed at this point to higher inflation, the uh, numbers that we get quoted often in the news, they take out the the prices of uh, groceries and gas. So the story is inflation is coming down as long as you don't need fuel in the tank and uh, food food in the fridge. (laughs) Well, that certainly has not gone down and not just at the grocery store, but at restaurants as well. I was hearing a story just the other day on how much uh, certain fast food restaurants with the percentages that they've gone up now. Uh, so, yeah, it's hitting it's hitting us everywhere. And in fact, this is from uh, we're using a part of the content of the show from a survey uh, by the money management firm Natixis. And, and they were talking to advisors ar- around the country. And so 49 percent of advisors uh, cited uh, underestimating the impact of inflation as a huge retirement planning mistake. In the same survey, 46 percent of advisors said they cited underestimating how long you will live. And that's something that I think we probably are guilty of underestimating our longevity. Yeah, both of these things, I would say, in my experience as an advisor are true, because not only do people, uh, you know, oftentimes base their income needs in retirement on uh, a certain expected lifespan, uh, but if they also expected inflation to be consistently at around 2%, as it has been historically, then now they're, they're having to stretch their dollars in a couple of ways that it just it doesn't work out financially. The math doesn't work. So if you're planning to live into your 80s, but you know because of increased longevity, people are living longer and longer. Now you've you've got to live into your 90s and still afford you know to pay the bills or you know put food on the table uh, or long-term care costs. Whatever the case may be, it becomes more and more expensive. At the same time, if your investments aren't positioned in a way that they can at least keep pace with inflation, 
then you're losing out uh, doubly in that way. Yeah, and I wonder if people uh, are guilty of underestimating because it's scary to overestimate your longevity, which is probably safer to do. How do you make people feel better about that? In, in other words, in thinking, well, you know, I'm still okay if I live to be 100. Well, it kind of goes into uh, core investment philosophy at Robert's Wealth. Rule number one for us dealing with retirees is don't lose money because mm -hmm. we're at the point in life where you really can't take those steps back. You don't have as much time to get back to even if you take significant losses in the market, for example. And so uh, if we're planning uh, you know, 20, 30 years out and we end up living an extra five years longer than we expected, we've got to be able to stretch those dollars. We can't just say, well, I, I guess I'll uh, just cut my expenses in half to make ends meet. You know, that doesn't, that's not an effective strategy. So right. one of the things that we do to kind of get the gears turning in our initial conversations with clients, they first come into our office. It's honestly one of the first five or six questions I ask, you know, about, are your parents still living? Uh, what's your expectation for life expectancy? You know, and we always laugh at that question a little bit because I'm asking people, when do they think they'll die? And that's not really something anybody can say with certainty, but right. you know, it starts the conversation. And then as we enter deeper into the planning process, uh, it, it begins to click where people can see, oh, I thought I needed a million dollars to retire. But it, there's so many facets to income planning. And it's something that we really pride ourselves in as advisors. It's pretty much the core of what we do, beginning with the end in mind. We're looking at mistakes to avoid and how we look at our journey to retirement with Weston Lindemann in for Paul Roberts on Retire Right Radio, a part of this show and a part of the team. A team ready to talk to you about your retirement. It's easy to schedule a consultation, 800-891-8680, 800-891-8680. From this same survey, 42% cited overestimating investment income as a mistake. Um, Weston, would you regard it? It is an overestimate or maybe possibly using outdated rules of thumb? Uh, I, th I think it's uh, more of the latter. Yeah, outdated mm -hmm. rules of thumb. People think they have to have a certain dollar figure. Well, it depends. What are your expenses? You know, is the mortgage going to be paid off in five years or are you going to have that for the next 20? Uh, there's so many considerations in there. People come in all the time. They think there's no way I'm going to be able to retire in the next five years. And I, I love it when uh, after about a month of working with them, we put together a plan that that shows that they'll be able to retire, you know, in maybe the next two years instead. And they probably so, love that, too. Right. <laughs> they, they do. There's a little bit of psychology behind that where there's some resistance that comes into play where, you know, uh, having the, the gift of a, a, a shortened, you know, span till retirement uh, should be something that uh, everyone's excited about. But oftentimes it's kind of scary. Now they've got to figure out what to do in retirement. And so we, you know, we have these conversations, we help people there too, uh, encouraging people to, uh, you know, live out their retirement days and spend their money is, is part of the job as well. But when it comes to overestimating investment income, I, I do think a lot of people think that they have a much bigger bridge to gap than they oftentimes do. You've got to consider social security, uh, any other fixed income that you can derive in retirement, um, you know, you have that oftentimes that big pot of money in a 401k or an IRA, maybe some Roth dollars, but you've got to figure out how to take those dollars out in the most efficient way possible. The, the name of the game shifts at this point in life, and people need to understand that it's uh, as much about how you take those withdrawals strategically as it is uh, positioning those investments. Um, the way you derive your income in retirement is to keep more of it. And so what I mean by that is, for example, uh, one of the simplest ways to make 
if you follow, you know, grandma's rules of penny saved is penny earned. Mm-hmm. One of the simplest ways to make a half million or so in retirement is to avoid having to pay taxes on your social security benefits. If you can do that over the course of the cumulative value of those benefits, it's going to add up to about a half million dollars. Um, and so all that to say, yeah, I, I do believe people are, um, you know, correct in this survey saying that overestimating investment income it, it is a significant yeah. hurdle for a lot of people to have the peace of mind needed in retirement. Well, a good chunk of these advisors in the survey said that the survey about potential retirement mistakes, 41% of advisors claimed uh, some people being too conservative in investments could be a mistake. How can you be too conservative? What's too conservative? Yeah, that's an interesting statistic. It's uh, almost like there's kind of two extremes here. People who want to take all of their investments when they get to retirement age and liquidate, just put everything in cash and park it there. I, I've made my half million. I don't want to lose it. And I'm just going to leave it in the bank. Well, um, that that sounds conservative. That sounds like you're taking a risk off the table, but you're losing out to inflation risk, to monetary risk. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, currency devaluation, um, there's opportunity cost that's being lost there by not taking an investment opportunity elsewhere. And so, yeah, I I do believe that statistic about 41 percent sounds like an accurate number. The flip side of that being the people who have the unrealistic expectations for higher returns, people Mm -hmm. who, you know, they're getting right at the door of retirement and they want to go on and take a lot of risk because they're not satisfied with the amount that they've saved. Well, if you haven't saved adequately for retirement, uh, sort of breaking other investment rules right as you get close to retirement probably isn't the best idea either. But there's, of course, some psychology behind that and why uh, people who aren't working with advisors can have a tendency to fall into some of these retirement traps. But if you're working with an advisor who's you know, kind of able to set some realistic return expectations for you, I think uh, you'll be much more happy in the long run. While it sounds fantastic to go out and get 20% returns. Uh, In the real world, what that means is you're hinging the possibility of your impending retirement on something like whether or not China invades Taiwan, or whether or not the war in Ukraine expands beyond, you know, there's all sorts of out of our control too. many things. We don't want to have that uh, based on something out of our control. Absolutely. And so if you have this unrealistic expectation for returns, if you're telling your advisor you want to go out there and take on more risk, you need to understand the flip side of that is you're potentially risking your ability to retire in the next, you know, X amount of years. If you have a plan in place in your mind, you want to retire at 65 and you've got a few years to go, now's not the time to put your foot on the gas. You've got to take a step back and do this in a a bit more strategic and wise way. And uh, just a couple of other things cited, uh, f- uh, failing to factor in health care costs, uh, failing to understand income sources, which the team at Roberts Wealth will definitely talk to you about your income streams, relying too much on public benefits, underestimating real estate costs, and being too aggressive in investments. All of this, uh, they've seen it. They've seen the mistakes. They've corrected many mistakes at Roberts Wealth Management. What uh, is your journey? What does it look like now? And how should it possibly be tweaked or rerouted a little bit. Uh, That's what you can find out when you schedule a comprehensive review with Weston and the team. And this is available now. We'll open the phones to make it available at no cost and no obligation. Absolutely. Give us a call and, you know, come into our office. It's a very casual conversation. At first, we dive into, you know, who you are, what you're trying to accomplish. And then we figure out how we can add value to either your existing plan that you have in place, or if you have no plan, that's where we come in and we 
build one for you that you can hold in your hand and say with confidence that you're going to be able to retire uh, the right way. And that means keeping more of your money, avoiding financial double talk, and uh, making sure at, at the end of the day that you get to live out the next 10, 20, 30 years in, in a peaceful and uh, enjoyable manner. Yeah, keyword enjoyable. We want to enjoy our retirement. Proper planning can help remove a lot of those fears, worries, uh, feelings of anxiety or being overwhelmed. Uh, You can experience the Roberts Wealth Difference. Come in and get a look at your retirement. You can schedule at no cost and no obligation, 800-891-8680, 800-891-8680 to schedule. Again, it's 800-891-8680, a comprehensive review and at no cost and at no obligation. Well, the only constant in life, and we well know this, it's change. And with that in mind, uh, coming up, Weston's going to share seven milestones to speak with your advisor about uh, things that we could and maybe very well will experience on our journey to retirement. That's coming up on Retire Right Radio. with Weston Lindemann filling in for Paul Roberts. Weston is part of the team of all-star advisors at Roberts Wealth Management. Roberts Wealth Management and a growing firm too. Offices in, well, the original Biloxi, also in Mobile. Paul uh, Roberts likes to joke accurately that the ironically, the office in Mobile is in the former IRS building. So what a, <laughs> what a switch on that. Also offices in Pensacola, Daphne and in the Houston area area as well. It is Retire Right Radio uh, with Weston Lindemann, and we're going to look at some milestones in life, things that we could experience and need to take into account and be prepared for. Let's say we're in the financial red zone, Weston, we're close to retirement, and then all of a sudden, either we lose our job or we change jobs. What are things we need to consider there? Well, this is just one example of when it helps to have already established a relationship with an advisor or an advisory team, because a lot of times when these radical changes happen in our life, uh, we don't exactly have time to think or room in our heads to think about some of these nuanced things like, hey, don't forget to roll over your old 401k. You know, 401ks are already notoriously high in fees. Mm-hmm. There's a, a 2018 study that showed about 75% of all 401k plans have fees that are in excess of what is actually legally allowable. Wow. And so a lot of times people think that their 401k doesn't have any fees in it at all. But if you're leaving an old 401k uh, at your previous employer, odds are they're passing along those fees to you now, whereas they may have been covering those fees before. And so that's just one example of, you know, if you go through that job change or loss of job kind of near the finish line, so to speak, uh, you know, that's okay. We got to pivot and, and make things happen. Uh, but we've also got to take care of some of this uh, minutia in, in the meantime. And that means doing something tedious, like rolling over an old 401k. Now you could do that solo. However, there's some implications that can go along with that. What if you uh, don't do it directly into a traditional IRA, you receive a check, and then you're supposed to deposit it in the IRA within a certain amount of days. Well, you've got a lot going on in your life. You get onboarded with the new job and all the the stressors that come along with that, this new responsibility, and you forget to deposit this check into this new IRA account. Mm-hmm. That means that the IRS is going to see that you took a uh, perhaps a, a penalty on your 401k by withdrawing it before the age of 59 and a half, 
because they're going to see it as you took that as uh, a withdrawal for yourself and put it in your bank account, for example. And so, um, you know, these are things that happen to people. Life happens, but we got to make sure that we're taking care of sort of the fundamentals of our financial situation uh, as we, you know, maneuver through the changes that that come up in life. Well, I'm and, sure that does happen a lot, doesn't it? Unfortunately, and you know, with that being said, that's that's where we get to come in as advisors, though, and uh, and make sure that that doesn't happen for our clients because it really is we we call it building a relationship with an advisor because you get to know people uh, on a pretty intimate level. I mean, we're not just talking about your uh, you know household income, which is already sensitive of a subject enough. You know, how much do you spend in a month? Questions like that. Uh, but you know, we we get to hear about people's kids and their grandkids and. Um, saving for college and uh, all sorts of things, you know, divorce in the family or a new marriage or loss of spouse, all of these things come up. And there are financial consequences or ramifications to all of this stuff. If you have been married for uh, at least 10 years, for example, a lot of people forget that they may have access to the spousal benefit for social security purposes later in life. And so it's things like that, that, you know, if you have a conversation with an advisor who's competent about you know, all of these different aspects, then uh, no matter what change life throws at you, you're going to have the ability to comfortably navigate some of these more nuanced things that are, exist in, in the realm of finance. Looking at milestones in your life, things that we that could happen and we need to be prepared for in advance, always best to be prepared in advance and proactive strategies, whether regarding taxes or building income or having those contingency plans. It's part of that process with the team at Roberts Wealth, 800-891-8680, 800-891-8680. Going back to something you, you touched on, Weston, and that's uh, some change in your marital status and, and whether that be divorce, we hear a lot about gray divorce or the loss of a spouse or for, for that matter, getting married or remarried in retirement. Do, do you have when you sit down with someone, a plan B, for instance, with a couple uh, to something you could pivot to in the event of losing a spouse? Yes, it's one of the questions that we actually ask during our initial conversation with clients. And that is, you know, if one of you were to pass, how much income would you lose? And that ends up opening up powerful conversations oftentimes because these are not conversations that people are usually eager to have uh, with each other, right? And so that means that if, you know, the, uh, the, the classic scenario would be there was one spouse that, that worked and earned more income significantly compared to the other. And so they've always sort of depended on the higher earner in a way mm -hmm. in order to, you know, pay the bills, put food on the table. And then they have no contingency plan for what would happen if the one who took care of all of the finances all of a sudden wasn't there, right? And so that puts people in a predicament even more so if there's no established relationship with an advisor. It's a lot easier if you have uh, what we call the hurricane binder. It, it's, it's got the you know beautiful uh, Robert's Wealth logo uh, em, emblazoned on the front, but it also has all of your financial information tucked neatly within in an organized way where whether it's your beneficiary, a non-spousal beneficiary, or a spouse, uh, they open that up and they know exactly who to call. Nice. You know, if yeah. they've, we, we always encourage people to come into our office as a couple. It doesn't always start out that way. You know, sometimes we have uh, one one uh, single person of the couple come into our office, but we have to tell them, you know, we really need your spouse to be part of the conversation here because it's going to be crucially important when you get later in life if something happens 
they're going to need to know that they can trust us uh, and that you have you know had confidence in us uh, for good reason and so um, all of that is very important you know there are a number of things we could talk about on that category, whether it's child support obligations, ongoing alimony, the alimony side works both ways because there are people who, you know, if they know they're going to get alimony, well, mm-hmm. that, that's a, that's a factor in the income plan. So, you know, we have to consider all of these things. Uh, you know, if, if you thought you needed a million dollars for uh, retirement, but you have alimony coming in, you know, these are all parts of the income plan. So it, it it's, you know, sometimes uncomfortable discussions, but it's what we do every day. Well, it is, it is. And, uh, and these discussions need to be made. I mean, at some point in retirement, for instance, not necessarily di- guaranteed the divorce will happen, but one of the spouses will pass away. And you need to just know that there's something in place that you can fall back on and actually a firm that you can call. And Robert's Wealth Management is what they do day in and day out. Another thing that I think more and more people are, are facing now because everybody's living longer is that they find themselves retired but still caring for a parent. How was how that factored in? Well, I'll, I'll tell you recently I've been asking this question more and more, and that is uh, have you thought about how you would pay for long-term care? And I usually get a bit of a sigh before the <laughs> right. before the response because people – kind of in the back of their minds have thought about that issue. They know it's going to be a problem, but they, have, they haven't even begun to think about how to deal with it. And a large part of that is because they're already dealing with their own parent uh, and that, that long-term care situation, whether they're providing some of the care as a caregiver or mm-hmm. if they're helping to foot the bill for their parents' long-term care. Um, it, it's a very real problem. It's a national problem. You know, the long-term care uh, in this country is unfortunately not just um, – very expensive, but inadequate in many cases. If you look at the average cost of long-term care, it's about $380 a day. But if you ask someone, would you like to go to an average facility for your long-term care needs? Most people are going to answer, absolutely not. So, Yeah, right. They don't want average. Uh, right. If at you've that, spent any time. That, it should be Waldorf Astoria at that cost per day. Absolutely. And <laughs> now that's a larger issue, right? That's a... Uh, maybe a a Washington DC issue, but um, I'm not going to hold my breath on, you know, waiting on that change to come down the pipe. So instead we do what we can. We're proactive in having that conversation with people. Um, Typically later in life, long-term care insurance, you know, may or may not be a good fit, but you do want to make sure that your assets are protected in a way that, you know, if, if you need them, uh, they're going to be there. And likewise, if you have intentions to go to a long-term care facility, uh, but you don't want things like selling the house to occur in order to fund that. You know, there's some maneuverings that need to occur um, financially in order to protect those assets if you're intending to pass them along to the next generation. So it's not just a question of how do I pay for long-term care, but it's also how do I shield certain assets from uh, being subject to, you know, having to sell them in order to fund long-term care if that's what you you would like to do, you know, in, in the case of passing along those assets. Yeah, that's a really good point, too, because in the, you made in the fact that you may be at the age where you're all you're close to retirement yourself and you are helping a parent in long term care. But that's when you're close to retirement or the younger, the better, I guess, to start thinking of your own long term care and things you can do. And there are alternatives to traditional long term care insurance, aren't there? That's right. Well, there's always self-insured. And so self-insured would, would mean that you have, you know, your retirement assets that you've accumulated, 
a lot of people, um, you know, if they're already deriving their income from Social Security, you know, pensions are fewer and far between these days, but they're, they're still out there. Um, people have good fi- fixed income, whether it's military retirement or otherwise, you know, maybe they've got that uh, those IRA dollars sitting out there and they have it in their mind that that's for long term care. Well, on the one hand, you, you would be technically considered self-insured in that regard, except for you still run the risk of having to drain that traditional IRA when you get to that magical age of 73. That's going to be when the government says, I, I know you don't want to take those withdrawals, but we need you to pay taxes. So they force you to take your required minimum distributions. And so if that's your plan for long-term care, well, you've, I've got the IRA over there with some money in it. Um, that's fine. But if you live to 90 and you don't need long-term care until way later in life, the government is going to make you start taking distributions from those accounts well before you get to that age where you need long-term care. And so we've just got to be proactive in planning for these things. That means doing some Roth conversions. Let's get more dollars in that tax-free growth bucket where we can make sure if we need access to them, it'll be there. RMDs uh, do not apply to Roth accounts. And so this is you know, some of the strategic thinking that has to take place. Uh, but it at least starts with that initial conversation of have you thought about how you're going to pay for long-term care? Well, on the initial conversation, and uh, have you thought about things that you will likely encounter on your journey to retirement? A comprehensive review is available that you can schedule with uh, the team, and that includes Weston Lindemann at Roberts Wealth Management, 800-891-8680 to schedule, 800-891-8680, 800-891-8680. You can also learn more about Roberts Wealth Management. If you visit the website, it's robertswealth.com. Robertswealth.com. And again, to schedule this consultation for yourself, 800-891-8680, 800-891-8680. If you're working with an advisor or a team like at Roberts Wealth, or if you're a do-it-yourselfer, it is important to have a good understanding of the strategies being used to help get you to retirement. Coming up, we'll talk about your investment strategy for retirement. to it retire right radio with weston lindemann in for paul roberts and you know it's a team Uh, we get to meet the team on this show because paul knows this show is in good hands uh whoever's doing it i gotta tell you weston you do an excellent job laying out the strategies that we need to consider on this show so the show is in good hands roberts wealth management uh, a firm that is a fiduciary firm and focusing on retirement planning and thank goodness for that because there are a lot of strategies we just need to be aware of a lot of do's and don'ts in retirement planning of 2024. So we're going to cover some of those uh, in this segment with uh, Weston uh, laying or, or weighing in on this and maybe laying down on it. Uh, one thing is, I guess it's important for us to have uh, a philosophy. Um, what would that be considered our retirement philosophy? Yeah, well, we say that there's you know certain rules to retirement, and I think it's core to Robert Swelp's philosophy. I've already t- talked about it a little bit today. That's you know number one is don't lose money. Uh, we can't take steps back when we're this close to the finish line. Right. Number two is have a written plan. There's so many changes going on in the world, legislative changes related to retirement planning. Uh, there's tax changes coming down in the next couple of years. You've got to have a plan in place for these things, and it can't just be a plan that you have sort of in your head, you've got to have it written down where you can point to it and say, uh, five years from now, I'll have converted this much in 
IRA dollars to Roth dollars. Uh, you know, you need to know how long your dollars are going to last, and that comes with part of having a written plan. And number three is avoiding financial double talk. Financial double talk is kind of like our version of George Orwell's double speak. It's mm. just saying that, you know, the we know the people on, on the news, the talking heads, they have a tendency to talk out of both sides. Uh, financial advisors are no different in that regard. Um, you may have heard some of these examples of financial double talk. You know, anytime there's a bear market, that's when the, the market drops by 20% or greater. Uh, you call your advisor because you're a little bit concerned. You know, perhaps you've just seen your portfolio decrease by half overnight. And, you know, we, we say, oh, our portfolio. No, your life savings is what we're talking about here. Uh, but, you know, you call your advisor in that scenario. Maybe they answer the phone the first time. Maybe the secretary says they're in a meeting. Whatever the case is, eventually they get back to you. And what do they say? Just hang in there. Uh, hang you know, in there. Ride it out. The but- market's a cycle. But, but as you just said it, though, that's your life savings. I yes. think you want to hear more than that. Yeah, we, we you know, we use uh, these terms in finance that oftentimes uh, sort of dehumanize what we're talking about here. We are talking about people who worked their whole lives and they put a little bit away and they invested it and then they get towards the finish. And because they never readjusted the way that their portfolio is set up because they never shifted that thinking from the accumulation, you know, make money and save money and invest phase to, okay, now we're concerned with distributing our funds. How do we distribute it in the most efficient way in retirement? And if you have that mindset shift, you're going to be okay. But if you, if you're late to the game, if you retire and you haven't had that mindset shift, you're opening yourself up for the possibility of taking significant losses, having to pull an income while uh, your assets are at a low, you know, compounding losses at that point. So if you had that million dollars and you said, according to the rule, I can now retire comfortably with my million dollars, but you don't change your strategy along with that, what you're going to end up doing is uh, potentially opening yourself up for having much less than what you had expected. And so that's part of the core philosophy is, um, you know, avoiding that financial double talk. If you're having conversations with an advisor today, for example, and you're not asking questions about, uh, you know, interest rates and what's the plan because the yield curve is inverted. I mean, now we're getting into some stuffy language here for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's an interesting question to ask an advisor these days because it anyone who says they can time the market, well, they're probably trying to sell you something. But there's one thing everyone can point to that says there's a 100% success rate in predicting the next recession, and that is the yield curve inversion. Okay. And that just means that when uh, short-term bonds are paying more money than long-term bonds, the whole system is essentially broken. That's where we're at today. And so if the advisor tells you, well, that's okay, we've, we're keeping an eye on it. We've got a plan in place. Keeping an eye on it is not good enough. We have to be strategic in maneuvering in moments like this when we know with some certainty that uh, economic trouble is on the horizon, we've got to be able to pivot accordingly. And so, uh, you know, I'll put it to you like this. If if you're standing on the tracks and and there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but but the light's a train and it's, you know, coming head on, or do you keep an eye on it or do you get off the tracks? <laughs> right. Well, I get off the track. I guess the first thing is get off the tracks, right? If rule number one is don't lose money. Right. Then then getting off the tracks at the right time is is what we want to do. Um, you know, if you miss out on a little bit of gains in the meantime, there's oftentimes a, a melt up, so to speak, right before the meltdown. Uh, well, you know, I would rather miss out on earning five percent than on 
getting that 5% only to lose 50% in the next year, especially when it comes to retirement planning. So we don't necessarily time the market at Robert's Wealth, but we are strategic. It's part of our core philosophy to make sure that we're putting our clients in a position to, to not lose. And that starts with having that mindset shift of, um, you know, avoiding financial doublespeak being a large part of that. And we see it so often with people who've worked with other advisors. That's why we make it such a core part of our uh, rules for a successful retirement. And, you know, an another thing is you have to have a philosophy that not just uh, works in a silo, it has to be repeatable, right? And if you're working with an advisor that just says, well, the 60-40 portfolio mix of stocks and bonds, that's the, the tried and true method and it works well, uh, well, we've learned the past three years it works well until it doesn't. And so any financial philosophy has to start with a, a simple test. Can you repeat this in different environments and have success? And if the answer to that is no, then you don't truly have a philosophy. Um, you are exercising in a little wishful thinking and hoping for the best. That worked very well in the 10-year bull market we just had from about 2010 uh, up until COVID. I don't know about you. I don't think the next 10 years are going to be exactly like the last 10 by any by any means. No, probably not. Um, and, and very, very good points, Weston, you're making. And some I want to dig into a little bit deeper. Just mentioned that getting in that mindset, that philosophy right for retirement is part of that process working with the team at Robert's Wealth. 800-891-8680 to schedule a, a consultation for yourself. Uh, or any questions you have, 800-891-8680. So I'm definitely hearing you say that you it, it does need to evolve somewhat because you need to have set sound strategies that are flexible, in other words. However, um, when is it a mistake to, to question your plan or maybe overreact or our emotions get the best of us, uh, and especially as we've seen with volatility of late? Yeah, well, part of volatility is you see these massive upswings. And so when discipline comes in is when you have a strategy that you've agreed on, you know, you meet with the advisor, we have conversations about not just what we're investing in, but why. And then all of a sudden something, you know, perhaps contrary to what you immediately expected, you know, if your long term outlook is, well, the markets probably won't be doing very well, you know, in the next 18 months, but next month, the markets do really well then sort of psychologically, you want to participate in that. And that, that may mean you want to change your strategy that you just agreed on a month ago. Well, if you do that, you're forgetting why you agreed to the initial philosophy to begin with. If, if you don't want to lose money, then you have to be consistent in uh, an approach that ensures that losing money is pretty much off the table. Right. But if you see some gains happening in the market, maybe there's some sort of short-term catalyst, some good news that makes the markets go up. Uh, well, you know, you have to sometimes just have the discipline to say, uh, that's not the game I'm playing. I've got a strategy that is seeking, you know, the moderate growth in, in, in the meantime. And when the, uh, you know, market has a significant correction at that point, uh, we make moves accordingly. But the main thing is that we're not suffering significant losses as that occurs. This may be a bad analogy, but, you know, I, I think about it, especially when you talk about when not losing money. Uh, if you go to Vegas, um, I don't think anybody, unless you're, and you probably get caught at this if you're an expert card counter, you're not going there to beat the house. Is it a mistake to, to try to think you're going and being overconfident and thinking that you can outperform the market? That's right. And the research is 
pretty clear on this subject. You know, uh, mutual funds have been a big part of the investment world for a really long time. And there, there's a simple and a good reason for that. And it is it pays Wall Street very well. Uh, the oh, research right. says mutual funds compared to, you know, indexing strategies, ETFs, exchange traded funds, more passive forms of investing in the stock market. Research says that the the mutual funds just underperform uh, about ninety nine percent of the time. Hmm. You know, people want to point to the five star mutual fund that they have in their portfolio. Um, the vast majority of five star mutual funds today will be you know two and three star funds tomorrow, and that's just the name of the game. And so, um, when you have these expectations to outperform the market, I think the first thing as an advisor I have as a question is why? Why are we trying to outperform the market when we are you know, in our 60s or 70s, or look, I've even had people come in our office who are in their 80s, and they say that they want 20% returns on their investment. Unless it's Warren Buffett. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, that's part of uh, why we say it has to be a good fit on both sides, right? Not every person who walks in the door is a good fit for Robert's wealth. And Robert's wealth isn't a good fit for every person who walks in the door. And so we make sure that we have that honest conversation on the front end. When you come in for that initial conversation, uh, you know, at the end of that, we'll know whether or not we're a good fit to work together. And either answer is okay. You know, it's just part of it. And so we want to encourage people to take that opportunity to come in for a, a free complimentary consultation. It's, um, you know, one of the more rewarding things about the job from my perspective is having those initial opportunities to, you know, m- meet a stranger. And then an hour and a half later, I know, uh, not just a lot about their lives, but we've, you know, uh, established a, a working relationship oftentimes in that case. And occasionally, you know what we have to say, well, uh, maybe this isn't the best fit. You know, if someone's looking for 20% rates of return, um, we just have our philosophy at Robert's Wealth. We know it works. That's why the company's been in business for over 20 years and has had this success. We see it with our clients and their accounts and how our clients have succeeded in successfully bypassing all of these hurdles in retirement. And so that's why we stand by our guns. We say, uh, this is what Robert's Wealth believes in. If you can't agree with that, then maybe it's just not the best fit. Well, find out if you're a fit and if Robert's Wealth is a fit for you and and a chance to get a look at your retirement here with a comprehensive review that you can schedule. It's a simple phone call to get on the schedule with Weston, uh, the team at uh, All Star Advisors, because you really are getting the entire team behind you. You may sit down and have that personal relationship with one person, but you do have that entire team behind your retirement. What does it look like? 800-891-8680 to schedule. 800-891-8680. Again, it's 800-891-8680. Now, we always close the show out with the questions from listeners, those who have indicated, hey, I'd like for you to answer this one on the show. And we appreciate that. We kind of consider you the writers of the final segment of this show. So how do you submit a question to be answered on the show? That's easy enough. Just go to robertswealth.com. That's robertswealth.com. That's another way to reach out with the team. Q&A straight ahead. It's Q 
Q&A with Weston Lindemann on the show, Retire Right Radio. It's more of a conversation than a show every week here, really, uh, with Weston or Paul or Brennan, one of the team on the show every week, giving us what we need to consider in proper retirement planning, answering a lot of the questions, too. A lot of times when people come to Weston and the team at Roberts Wealth, they find out things they uh, they and, and get answers to questions they weren't even aware they needed to ask about retirement. That's what makes it such an informational process, too. So questions being answered, a part of the show in the final segment of the show every week. How do you submit a question? Well, just go to the website, robertswealth.com. There in the uh, contact uh, information. That's another way to reach out and schedule your own comprehensive review and get your questions answered more specifically. But a lot of people like to contribute to the show. You can do that, again, at robertswealth.com. So let's open it up with one from Benjamin is in Biloxi asking this, how do I pick an advisor and how should a financial advisor be paid? Well, that's a very good question, uh, Benjamin. So a lot of people, I think, take the approach of who they know, right? Someone in their network that is an advisor oftentimes becomes the advisor. And that's probably not the best way to right. pick your advisor, right? Uh, but a, a sound strategy for beginning the process, and I'll leave kind of the rest of it up to you, but a good process for beginning is by simply asking uh, what the licensing is of the advisor. So there's a term in this industry, it's called fiduciary. Fiduciary meaning that the advisor has to do what's in the best interests of the client. And unfortunately in the industry, uh, just about everybody, including insurance agents, can call themselves fiduciaries. When it comes to financial advisors in particular, uh, about 90% of the people who refer to themselves as fiduciaries are that, but they're also something else. And that is broker, uh, salesperson. They earn commissions based on what investments they select for you. And so the 10% of advisors uh, that don't fall into that category, the pure fiduciary advisors that hold the Series 65 license like we do at Roberts Wealth, mm -hmm. We are the advisors that have to make decisions based on what is best for you. So we can't narrow down our investment selection to, oh, here's this shiny mutual fund over here or this product that pays a commission to Robert's Wealth. We can't base our decision on things like that. In fact, uh, we're not even able to earn commissions off of trades, for example. That's a key factor that, you know, if you're wondering, if you don't want to just be abrupt or, uh, you know, uh, abrasive with it and ask the advisor, hey, what's what license do you have? And, you know, they end up saying they have the Series 7. And so now you, you're uncomfortable with the conversation. But one thing you can find out is uh, when they make trades on your behalf, whether it's one time a day or a hundred times, mm -hmm. are there any commissions involved? You know, when you put money into the mutual fund, are there any commissions that the advisor receives for recommending that particular fund? And if so, that's a good sign that you're working with an advisor that falls into that category of about 90% of all advisors where, yes, they are technically fiduciaries, but they they can often switch mid-conversation from being your fiduciary to being the broker that's selling you something. And they don't have to distinguish uh, out loud. They don't have to tell you when they go from being one to being the other. So the way that looks in the real world is not quite so nefarious. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like they're bad people or anything. It just means that they, they work for a company. They live in a world where uh, it pays in order to you know, put people in certain investments and whether or not that's the best thing for the client um, isn't part of their consideration. And so you want to avoid that first and foremost. If you don't, 
you're going to violate rule number three to a successful retirement, that is avoid financial double talk. So a good place to start would be the independent fiduciary world. Uh, that means, you know, the big brokerage houses, you're going to find exactly what's in the name, right? Brokers, people selling things. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just not going to be, um, you know, serving your best interests most of the time. Well, that's an excellent question from Benjamin and very, very good suggestions from Weston. Thanks so much, Benjamin. We'll just go to Candace in Pensacola. I am almost 40. And between my wife and, and me, we have about 300000 in different retirement accounts. Our combined income is 160000 and we save 20% a year currently. Retirement is something I've always been anxious about because I grew up without a lot of money, and I have older relatives in their late 60s who've never been able to retire or get stuck working menial jobs to afford groceries. My goal is to be able to walk away from work at 62 if I want, and and again, uh, 40 is the current age. So what are your thoughts there, Weston? Well, uh, it sounds like they're on the right track already. Pretty good savings. Uh, I would wonder, you know, what what are your expenses, Candace, for your household? Because ultimately that's going to determine at your current rate of saving, it is pretty good. 20% a year uh, on a combined income of 160000 um, At that rate, you're, you're doing a great job saving. Uh, I would wonder, though, you know, on the expense side of things, at 62, are you going to have a mortgage? Are you going to be making payments on the cars? You know, what's your expectations for home insurance moving forward? If, if you're like me and you live in Pensacola, uh, w- which you do, um, then you know that insurance is a real big issue here and it's only going to get more expensive. And so you got to plan for those things first and foremost. As far as investment strategies, we'd have to have a broader, a more detailed conversation um, personally to figure out what would be a good fit for you. But it wouldn't be a bad idea to look into some indexed universal life at the age of 40. That could be a good vehicle for some of your excess savings to go into so that you have a a nice big tax-free bucket of non-reportable, keyword there, non-reportable income to the IRS. You don't have to tell them about it. It's like the money under the mattress, but even better. (laughs) Very good. Uh, And of course, uh, Candace, you're kind of a a little bit pre-financial red zone, but if you'd like to come in and and get some strategies together or get a look at that, you can schedule at 800-891-8680. Wade is in Houston. I honestly have no idea if I'm saving enough, not enough, too much. I don't include inheritances in my planning because I view that as someone else's money that they have the right to spend down completely. I'd rather be surprised and grateful than plan on something that I don't receive. Now, part of what added to the confusion in my case is the old adage, you should budget 80% of your pre-retirement salary in retirement. This seems high to me. Am I going about this the right way? And can you help me sort things out? Yeah, so all of those rules, Wade, they just they don't really uh, play out as neatly in the real world. So it really starts with having that detailed conversation. We, You know, what are your expenses. Uh, Do you think that 80% of your pre-retirement salary is going to cover them? If not, then how are you going to bridge that gap? So the question to am I saving enough starts with how much do you spend? And if you're spending at a current level because you've got, well, the kids at home and, you know, you're paying for college for one of them uh, and you've got, you know, a couple or three cars that you're paying off the mortgage still, are you saving enough for retirement? Well, first, what are going to be your projected expenses in retirement? And so if you can come to some sort of an estimate on that, doesn't have to be a perfect science here, um, that at least gives, gives you a starting point to figure out 
Uh, are you even on track with your saving? And, you know, that doesn't even go into considering uh, not just your time horizon, but your investment selection as well. So all of these factors play a part in figuring out that answer, but it, you have to start with the end in mind. And, and that means planning for your income based on what your expectations are around expenses. I can tell these uh, these listeners have put a lot of thought in, in these questions and all, all equally important. Uh, the thing is, though, if you do meet with Weston and the team at Roberts Wealth, they can certainly dig in a little more specifically in answering your questions. 800-891-8680 to schedule a comprehensive review. 800-891-8680. Here's Lawrence in Daphne. How should an individual retirement account IRA be managed? Allow it to accumulate wealth and then pay taxes on withdrawals in retirement or transfer to a Roth IRA? Should I pay my taxes now and receive my money tax-free later? Can the taxes owed on the rollover be deducted directly from the rollover account itself? Excellent question. And so typically at this point, people you know, who have this sort of a question in mind, they've just become accustomed to the 401k world, which is you, you have it automatically deducted and the money goes in there. It starts to add up over the years. Maybe you look at it regularly. Maybe you don't. There's kind of two, two types of people there, right? But eventually you have to roll over your 401k into a traditional IRA. And then the question becomes how to manage that. And, um, the simple answer is don't go about it doing it yourself because there's a lot that you can mess up there's a lot of opportunity cost uh, that you could miss out on as well and so the first thing is you want to work with an advisor to manage your ira because the second question that you had there about transferring to a roth well that's going to be uh something that you have to figure out as as time goes on relative to your income thresholds that you're at you know are you how far away are you from bumping into the next tax bracket? That's one of the considerations. You know, the IRS uh, is notorious for their their simple calculations, right? So you, you don't want to, um, you know, have to go out and crunch the numbers yourself because maybe you do. Maybe you crunch the numbers accurately, but you do it in, in February. Uh, and then December comes around and you forgot that you were going to spend another $5,000 on Christmas this year. And so now you've mm. bumped yourself into the next tax bracket Uh-oh. because you did your Roth conversions too early. So th- these are the sorts of things, you know, we, we do this every day. And so we know what to look for. We know how to do this. Um, you could go out and, and manage your IRA yourself and you could do the Roth conversions yourself. Uh, but you, you leave room for error. You leave room for things that you haven't thought about. Um, no, it's not rocket science doing any of this stuff, but there are a lot of moving parts and, when you have a day job, you have something that you're an expert in, more than likely. Uh, you don't have to be an expert in finances, too. You just need to find a good enough expert to work with and uh, someone that you can trust and a team that you can rely on. And that's what you'll have at Robert's Wealth. Um, it's always better to have a bigger bucket of tax-free dollars than it is to have more money in the IRA. I can give you that answer here for sure. The answer is going to be you want as much money as possible in those tax-free buckets uh, Lawrence, the question of how to get there and how quickly, that's going to depend on your personal situation, and that's where working with us would come in. Well, here's a chance to find out what working with the team would look like. Schedule a comprehensive review at no cost and no obligation. Give us a call, and we'll chat with you personally and try to answer any specific questions you have. But at some point, you've got to come into our office and have a more detailed conversation. We like to keep it casual, though, and have fun You know, as much as possible while I'm asking you things like, how long do you think you'll live, right? <laughs> But 
we you have to have a plan in retirement these days the world is so complex we just can't keep uh, you know, shooting from the hip and hoping that everything works out okay. But the good news is if any of the, these things make you uncomfortable, you feel like you don't have a plan in place, you're only a few short steps away from getting there. And that begins with this initial conversation. It's the Roberts Wealth Difference, 800-891-8680 to schedule, 800-891-8680. It's that easy. You come in at an office most convenient uh, to you uh, where you can come in and talk about your retirement. Bring lots of questions. They'll have questions for you, too, because it's important for them to learn you if you go forward with them to better uh, customize the strategies that they, with working with you, implement for your retirement. 800 891 8680 800-891-8680. Great job, great conversation, Weston, and look forward to seeing you next week and look forward to seeing you here next week with us for Retire Right Radio. Roberts Wealth Management is registered as an investment advisor and only conducts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean the advisor has achieved a specific level of skill or ability. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up to date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This program is a paid advertisement sponsored by Roberts Wealth Management. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Discussion should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy or sell the investments mentioned. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of these strategies discussed. Investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. Asset allocation, rebalancing, and diversification do not ensure or guarantee a better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. References to market results do not represent the performance of Roberts Wealth Management. Historical performance returns for investment indexes and or categories usually do not deduct transaction and or custodial charges of an advisory fee, which would decrease the historical performance results. There are no guarantees that a portfolio will match or outperform a specific benchmark. Tax information provided is general in nature and should not be construed as legal or tax advice. Always consult with an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Roberts Wealth Management is not engaged in the practice of law or accounting. Tax and social security rules are subject to change at any time. Annuity guarantees are subject to the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. 